Vice President Pence has unfollowed Trump on Twitter. So it looks like the fix was uh, in there. I will talk more about uh, what happens next. But right now, this breaking broadcast is uh, for the Patriots in D.C. So uh, get group armbands or you need some sort of near far recognition signals. Colored armbands uh, would be a good way to go. You could hold up different fingers. You could change that over six hours or so, but you need to ID your people, keep them in small groups, not trying to get the whole crowd uh, together, but just your group that you came with. Make sure you can recognize them through different colored armbands and you change those every six hours or whatever. Uh, and you can also uh, get some challenging passwords and some running passwords. You saw that in uh, Saving Private Ryan Flash Thunder, <laughs> and you can change those every six hours. So you are, will not be infiltrated in the future because you have already been uh, infiltrated. Expect a lot more violence tonight at sunset. That is the enemy's tactic. Make sure you have your people uh, uh, accounted for and safe at that time. So this is exactly like I was saying, the QAnon warlord was always going to be pathetic, mostly ineffective and, uh, you know, absolutely out of his mind, but also really worrying because, you know, this guy has access to so many firearms and so many people train under him uh, in all of his classes and follow him in a cult like manner as well. So he has he has real like entourage. He's not like Ron Watkins, who, who's just like, you know, yeah. living in the middle of nowhere. He's very dangerous, but he also has a big pocket full of armbands of many different colors <laughs> yes. that he's just switching out multiple <laughs> times throughout the day. So he's never infiltrated. That's right. Codes like from that movie, Saving yeah. Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, He's referencing Saving Private Ryan. He's also referencing the fact that Pence unfollowed Trump. Like yep. this is like mm -hmm. high school drama. It's like who yeah. unfollowed who on Insta. It's also true that Prather is an author. He wrote two books, one of them entitled Chase, Terror on the Border. Fact-based fiction by an ex-DEA agent. And the other is called Initiation. Boys are born, men are trained. My journey with an Apache medicine man. Here's an excerpt of the blurb for the second book. Training with the descendants of Cochise and Geronimo, Prather discovers that, though boys and girls are born, men and women must be trained in the rigors of adulthood. He learns that we are defined by our duties to others. Further, we are all connected by an invisible realm of luminous energy, and if we access these etheric meridians, we can direct divine power through us to protect, heal, and connect to all our relations, to literally change our lives and save the world one life at a time. The part that really jumped out to me was where he's talking about how men and um, specifically women must be trained in the rigors of adulthood incredibly creepy from a guy who you know has is kind of like preying on his yeah. cult following and his uh and through his courses uh on young women maddie is a 30 year old woman from australia who was involved with jeffrey prather's warrior school between the ages of 14 and 17. she got in touch with us after we covered prather on a twitch stream and provided us proof of her identity and involvement with his organization so thanks so much for speaking to us and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about your life around the time that you got involved with Warrior School and how it came up for you? Yeah. 
You know, I was 14, I was young, and I desperately wanted to be a ninja. I was Googling places that had ninjutsu in the name and just found a dojo and went. I'd been at the dojo for a little while and ended up going to a training at a senior teacher's house in the countryside with like everyone else at the dojo. And um, turned out we weren't there for training martial arts. We were training in something else. And so you're 14 at the time. So did your were your parents like, oh, you're going to do kind of extracurricular martial arts stuff? I had a some fairly like hands off parents. So they would just be like, okay, well, you you seem like a pretty intelligent little kid. Like you've got stuff going on. And I had an elder sister who was with me. So I convinced her to drive me to this ninja dojo and she was there too. So they were like, well, you know, if your elder sister's there as well, she's eight years older than me. So she would have been what, 22 at the time? Right. So you walk into your first warrior school session with her and what what's it like? It starts off as much less crazy than you think it is. Making kind of general statements that the way we live in modern society isn't the best and maybe other cultures have things to teach us, which I was kind of already into because mm-hmm. I was studying a martial art. Like I was like, well, let's see what else is out mm-hmm. there and being more in touch with nature and being powerful and making our own decisions in life and maybe that modern society wasn't offering us enough initiation and like training to be an adult and that all kind of sounded pretty good especially when you're 14 you're like oh that's sweet there is definitely something I'm missing because the world is crazy because I'm 14. And so there was immediately a spiritual element there uh, even though you had come in to learn moves like the the kind of first course was already uh, around this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It was very like, well, you've been training your body in martial arts and now we're going to talk about like our minds and how that relates to our world. And because a lot of martial arts is like, while you are doing physical things, is the way you're thinking about movement. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of martial arts do have a bit of a spiritual aspect, which I don't think a lot of people, they don't talk about as much. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I got interested in, in judo. I remember reading Jigoro Kano's texts and stuff like that. Yep. And of course, there's a, there's a spiritual element um, to that. Have you ever watched the movie Equilibrium? No. So it's a movie uh, in which Christian Bale does what they call like gun kata, which is like a ba- essentially a kind oh. of martial art with guns. Yep. It's sort which, of like Matrix yep. adjacent, right? Did it come out before The yeah. Matrix or after, Julian? I can't uh, remember. It's after. It's after. It's like 2002, I think. Right. I mean, that's what it reminded me of. Like, is this, is this were there guns in the first session or is that something that comes later? By the time that you guys have seen it, it's evolved a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I'm, I live in Australia, so guns are like pretty illegal here unless you have like very intense government documentation to like, if you're a farmer, you can have a gun but that's about it Mm -hmm. so like that was not a part so it was very much just talking about the spiritual back then it was very based on that jeffrey prather apparently had trained under apache warriors Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of talking about how much foundation he had how much he'd kind of been like you know that white savior man of being like he'd been adopted by the tribe he'd been let all know all their secret teachings right it was a lot more of a discussion about that. And so they it kind of blended like a bit of our, our martial arts was already a bit spiritual 
and then just pushing that into being like, okay, well, this other, this is other warrior kind of type that is Apache, and then let's talk about what they have to teach us. Guns were not really brought into it at all because we don't have access to them. Right. But I did know that he specialized in doing like gun martial arts. He came out to Australia at one point and trained us in our martial arts and then was like, I'm going to show you all my like real world capacities. This is what you would do against a gun. Right. And all of us are kind of standing around being like, in what world are we going to fight against a handgun? Like, this is Australia, mate. Like, yeah. So basically, he had his own kind of compound and training ground where he would be there a lot of the time. And there was also these uh, training for military types and, and stuff like that. Correct. Self-defense training. Yeah. The, and then there was, of course, this mix of his own kind of cult spirituality and a martial art that also had weapons. And then what happened is what he founded was expanded to places like Australia, where you attended your Correct. first course. So his influence is international. He trained a lot of people who lived in Japan and where the base of our martial art is. And a lot of those people were fairly high up. And then they trained other people who lived in Japan and then they went back home to their own countries. So I would not be surprised if it spread to like Brazil or other countries or France or this is probably a lot more has a lot longer tentacles than you would think. I can see some parallels to Nexium too, where there are huge segments that are mostly kind of like a multi-level marketing kind of scam or a kind of self-improvement thing. Then there's this like yeah. some more legitimate stuff buried in there. And then there's like a core of, of basically secrecy and abuse. A hundred percent, yeah. In a lot of martial arts, you are having to suspend belief because you know, you're coming in with your normal world expectations of like, I shouldn't be punched in the face. Mm -hmm. But in martial arts, you kind of sometimes like to get better, I'm occasionally going to have to get punched in the face and it's going to feel wrong. Mm -hmm. And which is kind of a perfect breeding bound for a cult because you're having to constantly be like, this feels a bit wrong, but it must be the correct thing to do. Right. Because someone who I trust to help me in certain ways is helping me in this other way. I'll just have to ignore my natural feeling of being like, oh, this is a bit off. And so you, you stuck around for, for three years and as part of the martial art, you took part in this kind of initiation ritual. I guess my question, my, my first question about the initiation ritual is by the time you, you did it, did you already feel like, shit, I might be in a cult? I definitely felt that these people believed a lot more than I did. I grew up in a fairly non-religious family, so I'm kind of used to accepting that other people have religious beliefs that I don't and that's mm -hmm. fine for them. And part of me had just been like, well, maybe this is just their religious beliefs and that's fine for them. But then I, I'm not sure whether it was like I had like not eaten and we would like supposed to be like dancing all night in this vigil for warriors coming home and had exercised for a long time and mm. it was in a different place. But like I started having like some like visual hallucinations and I was like, well, maybe this, well, maybe this shit is legit. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. The secrecy of it felt important, like that you had to not tell anyone else. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it might be like a glass ball, like it might get broken yeah. if you mentioned it to someone who wasn't a part of it because they wouldn't understand. There was a part of the initiation. You sent me some pictures and it's really quite visually impressive. It's it's basically a group of women uh, in these in these kind of um, in these clothes, but you're covered with white goo. Since I reached out to you guys, I've tried really, I've tried really hard to like kind of think about what was happening at that point in time. And I'm, for the life of me, cannot remember why we were, I remember it being ice cold. We'd been outside over, I, I would say winter and just had like cold stuff thrown at our faces. 
kind of looking at it now and I'm like, wow, this is kind of a bit gross. Like it's, why are we standing around covered in white clunky stuff? The one thing that struck me as well from the photos is that Jeffrey was present that day. Correct, yeah. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 